Well, I just want to thank the Lord for preparing the way for me this morning. Um, just the things that he's spoken, even how George opened the service, I just feel like he brings that confirmation and that strength to you, and I'm grateful for that. I'll be real, you know. Um, it has been a while since I've been up here, and it's really interesting to see um, how many people God has brought into this house um, that haven't been here in the past nine months. So I just want to take this chance to welcome you and um, just bless you and welcome you into this house. We're just happy to worship with you and grow together. So um, as George kind of just shared, uh, I have during this past journey of the past nine months um, been learning a lot. And I just want to thank you for your patience with me because um, I used to preach quite often, and so I know that that some of you were curious what was going on, and um, I thank you for a safe place to be vulnerable because that's what I'm going to do today, because that's what the Lord said to do, and I know that it's freedom for me, and it's also freedom um, for this house, for me to be vulnerable. So thank you for um, allowing me this honor. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you today, I want to open to Ezekiel chapter 37. All right, starting in verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with the skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. So, during this past nine months, what I've been doing is prophesying to some dead bones, some dry bones. That's what I've been up to. So this summer, shortly after I kind of started the sabbatical, the Lord um, led me across this journal from 1997, which put me at 15 years old. I was just doing some organizing. And um, wow, I was so undone when I just sat and I read what I had written in these pages when I was 15 years old. And since the theme is vulnerability this morning, I'm going to read some of it to you, if that's okay, from my 15-year-old self. 
over half of my lifetime ago, this is the stuff that I was thinking about. Okay? Is that okay? Okay. Everyone should have the chance to hear the gospel message. I think that sometimes that's why I have such a burden for missions. Jesus gave his entire life for me. He came here to earth out of a perfect heaven and faced trials, heartache, sorrow, and temptation just for us. How someone could not find that so beautiful is beyond my comprehension. Then he, sin-free, went upon the cross and took upon himself every sin ever committed. This act separated him so far from his father. It was so unselfish, so loving, and we have trouble doing the smallest things for him. It's unbelievable. And then he rose, and now he lives. Praise God, Jesus is alive. I'm committed to bringing this message to everyone. I pray that God would give me the words, strength, and direction to do just that. Yeah. And as I read page after page like that, it was like, I'm burning for you, Jesus. I'm going to tell the whole world. Who cares what I look like? Who cares what they think? You are worth it all. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. As I read these pages, though, this past summer, I cried. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I said, I don't know who that girl is. I don't know. I don't even remember feeling like that for real. I don't remember that. And I said, Jesus, I need you to bring me back to that place again because that was the real deal. That was the real deal. Here's another excerpt. I didn't know, obviously, when I was 15 that I was prophesying. How many of you know, when you get a prophetic word, sometimes it's outside of the time that you're in. You know, it's God is not bound by time. And sometimes you get a prophetic word, but it's for a long time from now. And this was a prophetic word for this past season of my life. I pray with all my heart that God will completely break and humble me so that I can take on the character of Christ and be dynamically effective in reaching the lost for Jesus. And God said, you need to be broken. You need to be broken. And that's what's been going on. I'm going to share a story. Some of you know uh, the journey that I've been on because I shared it publicly before. And some of you don't, so I'm going to do my best to recap it in a time-efficient way without missing the major parts that are important. So uh, about two or two and a half years ago, the Lord really started getting my attention with his presence. Like, I mean, super intense. I was just so drawn into the secret place. And I was like, God, I... I don't care how busy things are. I don't care about the pressures of being a mom and the whole list of all the things. The most important thing to me is you, and I will give you the most valuable thing, my time. And I started making that commitment to him at a level that I never had before. I gave him the most valuable hours of my day and just went after him, and I couldn't get enough. Like, I just, I just was like, 
amazed at what was available when we protect that place and his presence. How many of you have found that before and know what I'm talking about? Okay, it's worth giving everything for. And so, in that time, the Lord started speaking to me first in the still, small voice, and then I started having dreams, which he speaks to me through. And he said that he wanted me to be a Nazarite. How many of you have ever ever heard of a Nazarite? A biblical Nazarite? Okay. Really? Raise your hand if you hi if you do do know. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna give you just like a quick Nazarite 101 because it's kind of important. Um I didn't understand what that meant at first, and I'm gonna kind of tell you some of the requirements for a biblical Nazarite. Some got appointed to be Nazarites, but a Nazarite was also a voluntary decision. Um, that the children of Israel could make. And so um, when he started speaking to me, all the only context I had was this biblical Old Testament model. And I'll be honest with you, when he spoke it to me in this still small voice, I just wept because one of the conditions for the Nazarites was that they could not come near a dead body. And I thought, I'm a physical touch person. Like, I cannot imagine if someone that I loved that I couldn't, touch them before saying goodbye to them. I know that might seem silly to you, but the way that he spoke in the still, small voice, that was really, I mean, I knew he was saying something about this Nazarite thing, and that really shook me. But I just sat on it for a while, because I'm like, I think there's some things I just am not getting. (laughs) And so, you know, sometimes God will give you pieces, but he won't give you the whole thing, and he's okay with that, and we need to be okay with it too, because he's going to take us on a process to understand what he wants us to understand. He's so good at that because he knows everything, (laughs) right? Okay, so um, this was a year and a half ago maybe at that point, I don't know, um, that I came to the point I found this teaching by Lou Engel, so powerful, called Nazarite DNA. In it, he he has prophetically felt like the Lord was raising up modern-day Nazarites. And he has a dynamic teaching that goes into the translation of modern terms, that God is raising up these ones that would be radical. There are men and women who risked everything to become the hinge of history. In Israel's darkest hours, uh, when there was moral decline, they were the ones who pressed in for revival, for national deliverance. These are the ones who moved in the supernatural, because when they took on that vow, that brought them into alignment with heaven, and and God empowered them supernaturally. They were called the radiant ones, the ones called to shine. Even when the nation's heart was far from God, they were the brilliant, shining ones. The Nazarite, the Nazar, or Nazir, the root means one consecrated, devoted, and set apart for God. So the requirements of the Old Testament Nazarite was that no razor should come to their head. Do you guys have that? that little picture. How many of you watched the um, Bible series on the History Channel when it went through? Did you watch it? Do you remember the Samson? Samson was a Nazarite. You remember he was far from perfect, but God did use him as a one with supernatural strength, and you can see his hair grew long. And that was the way that people were distinguished in those times because it was disgraceful otherwise for a man to have long hair. So, um, the other requirement was that they should not go near the dead body, which I said. 
Um, so, and then there's one other that he must not drink wine and fermented drink grape juice, grapes, or raisins, or seeds, or skins. So Lou Engel talks about the modern translation, basically like they are marked, they are set apart for God and people can see it. The vow is written on their lives. Um, if you take a modern day vow, he's not suggesting that you grow your hair out, although some people do, just to to make that statement. But it's visible. Um, they shouldn't go near a dead body. The Lord said, it's not about actually not touching a dead body anymore. It's that in your spirit and in your heart, I don't want to touch anything that is unclean, anything that would defile me from the purity of heart that God has called us to because the pure in heart are the ones who will see God. Okay? So let's not be defiled. That's what he's talking about. Modern day Nazarite. Must not drink wine or fermented drink. Um, the way he translates that is, you know... Um, the grapes were very much like the dessert of the day. So they um, they did not have dessert, basically. The Nazarites set themselves apart from common pleasures. Not that there was anything sinful in that, but that was how they were set apart. So this teaching got me so stirred up. He talked about on your heart how you know that you're called to be a Nazarite because you've got a burning inside of you that says, I want to live for Jesus, radically abandoned, sold out, and I'm like, yes, that's me. I've got that burning. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you've got that burning. Right now you can even feel it because the Holy Spirit's bringing a witness to you right now. So in that season... I had been learning the power of fasting like never before. And that's part of how I came into that place of experiencing the joy of his presence. Because the truth is when you fast and when you suppress your flesh, it allows your spirit man to be stronger and you can engage spirit to spirit more clearly the way that we've been created to do. So I was experiencing that. And that was addicting, to be honest, because I'm like I said, I want to give it all. Now, I had heard the Lord ask me to be a Nazarite um, in that still, small voice and those dreams. And as I, as I processed that teaching and as I sat on what he was asking me to do, I started having this unshakable feeling. I had a feeling. And this feeling was that he wanted me to give up things that I loved the most. And so I sat on that for quite a while, but I couldn't shake this feeling. And I made some vows to the Lord. I vowed that I would give up the things I liked the most, coffee and chocolate. And during that period of time, for a year, I, I actually gave up movies. A lot of you know, I gave up Facebook. And the list just grew. And it grew. And I just started giving up everything. And I thought, I'll give it all for you, God. I'll give it all for you. I'll give up everything. And what happened in this past season 
is that the Lord said to me, Sarah, there's a difference between having a word and having a feeling. And he said, I didn't ask you to give up all of that. He said that was a religious spirit trying to take you out and to stifle your calling, to steal your destiny, and to take you out. As I was getting ready for this message, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, you hear God different ways. And um, sometimes one of the ways he speaks is the inner audible voice. It's almost like you hear it out loud, but you don't. I don't know if you've experienced that before. But um, I heard the word insidious. And I was like, well, that sounds smart. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making myself look worse or whatever to you guys, but I didn't know what insidious meant. I'm just like, I don't know. Okay, so I go on, and then I heard him again say insidious, and I'm like, I ought to look that up. So I looked up the definition. Here's the, this is amazing, okay? Some of you smart people already know what I'm going to say. I was like, whoa, you are so smart, God. He says, developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming apparent. I'll say that again. Developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming apparent. In other words, something that you can't even see until it's got complete hold of you. Honest to God, I don't think, in my heart, I would never have said that I was a religious person or I had a religious mindset. I danced as a little girl before the Lord. I know that he loves me. I've always known that he loves me. That's never been in question. I've been so blessed to be in an atmosphere and environment where that's been secure. It's, I don't take that for granted. But somewhere, somehow, there was a, a religious spirit that convinced me that somehow it would be more honorable or he could use me more if I gave up everything for him. What the Lord showed me in this season was that once those vows that I made were broken, that he would restore me back to this. There's two people that I've talked to about this. This is a big deal for me today. And I've known that the Lord wanted me to, and I knew there would be the right time. And again, I'm so thankful for this safe place that I can be real with you all, because this has been, this has been intense. Let me tell you. So early November, there was a point where I knew that I knew that this is what the Lord had said. Because let me tell you something. When the Lord is trying to deposit truth inside of you, the devil can see spiritually what's going on around you, and he does not like it. 
at all. Okay? So he will try in all of his schemes that he's been working on for thousands of years to bring you into so much confusion so that you can't perceive the truth. So in November, I was wrestling for that truth. And I'm telling you, it was a wrestling match. How many of you have ever been in that before? Okay? It's not like I was just sitting there one day and randomly he's like, hey, by the way, that was a religious spirit. Just break your vows, you'll be free. I mean, (laughs) I was in the most intense warfare of my whole life. And my mom and dad, they can tell you, I've been through some warfare. Barbara Jean, she can tell you, I've been through some warfare. This was the most intense warfare of my life. Why? Why does the devil bring warfare? Do you know why? Because he's scared to death about what's on the other side if you get a hold of some truth. So early, early one morning in November, I woke up and sure, surely I knew that the Lord had spoken this to me and I had some coffee and chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> and I've been enjoying it since. And you all know I'm already back on Facebook and I'm like, okay, Mr. Devil, I'm like, I am gonna flip this over and I'm gonna use Facebook so much that you are gonna, you are gonna regret that you ever messed with me. (laughs) I have never felt such a passion and boldness in my life. His word is true. And when he speaks truth to you, you can stand on that. You can take that to the bank. He has not only restored me back to the girl that I was, but he has exceeded that. And I want to see this city taken for Jesus. I don't care what they think. I don't care where I am. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to live for Jesus. Yes, because it is because of the blood of Jesus that we have victory. It is because of the blood of Jesus, and that blood has been washing me. It's been washing me, and it's been washing this hair, okay? That's... (laughs) I'm serious. I did. I wasn't going to say this because... I just, I really want to, like, be so careful in the presentation of dreams because I'm telling you guys, God uses dreams, but it's, it is so symbolic, and it's really easy to get confused about what he means. And I want to be very careful when I talk about dreams because that's another thing I've learned. It's really easy to say, oh, it means this, but that's not what it means. <laughs> okay, that's a sermon for another day. But I do know, I do know that he has spoken to me through that symbol of the long hair. And I know that I've had dreams about those dreads being washed. And that's what it's been going on. As he said, Sarah, in this season, I'm going to redefine to you what, what a Nazarite is. Okay? So it's not about these forms. It's not about what you don't do and all of these, you know, religious things that you're going to go through and how much you can beat yourself up and be, you know, whatever. He said, no, 
No, it's not about what you're not, but it's about what you are. He said, I don't, I, I hate singing up here. I can't sing, but he always gives me a song. So you just got to sing it anyway, right? He said, do you, did any of you, when you were kids, have this song in Sunday school? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. He said a Nazarite believes that. A Nazarite believes that those dry bones can live. That there is nothing that my God cannot do. Because when I was almost dead from a religious spirit trying to take over me, he said, speak life over those bones, Sarah. What is the truth? And he told me the truth. And I tell you, I was in some warfare. And I said, the truth is these bones will live. My destiny will not be stolen. I will walk in the fullness of what you've called me to. And you will pay for it sevenfold, Mr. Devil, for trying to steal from me and mess with the calling of God. It means I am pursuing a lifestyle like Jesus. I want to be radically abandoned to him. And if he did it, I believe he's called me to do it too because he said greater things will you do. That's what a Nazarite is. A Nazarite believes that his word is true and that he's anointed us and called us for such a time as this, just like Jesus did because he's inside of us. It's not me, it's him, but he uses me. How awesome is that, Nazarites? I'm going to be a burning light in the darkness. I don't care how dark it is. That's the chance for it to burn even brighter. And I will not see any situation as hopeless or any person as hopeless. And I will walk in honor and humility toward other people. And if I see a brother or sister that is crushed or that is struggling, I'll speak life because I have the authority to speak to their dry bones too and say, dry bones come to life. We have power in our tongue, brothers and sisters, and Nazarites know how to speak those bones to life. That's what Jesus says is who will believe. When they see their brother and sister with dry, dead bones, who will believe that those bones can come to life? Who will believe that? I want to walk in that authority. I want to walk in that because that's the word of God. That's the word of God. We need to believe it. That's what a Nazarite is. God, I want to believe every single word. Oh, he's going to pay. He is going to pay because my life, my desire is to do what I see the Father doing. And if you see him doing it, you can believe that it will manifest. If you see in the spirit your Father doing it, it will manifest on earth. That's what it means to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We believe it and we decree it. Your words have power to create. So I'm saying, yes, 
Your will is established here. Yes, those dry bones are rising up. Not just my dry bones, their dry bones, his dry bones, her dry bones, because he's raising up an army. He's raising up an army. He's raising up an army of burning ones. I love the lyrics of this song. Let this love be like a fire. Let our life be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire and let our passion bring you fame. It's all about Jesus. It is not about me. Folks, it's not about you. It's not about the man of the hour. It's not about fill in the blank. It is about Jesus. It's about him. All glory to him. Less of me and more of him. That's what it's all about. And if it's not, you need to run the other direction right now. I have, I'm going to, can I just walk around a little bit? Okay, I believe that there are people and there are situations right now in the atmosphere. Some of you, when I talked about this, about the truth thing and understanding the truth, you're like, yeah, I can relate to that. I understand that thing about the confusion. Look, when there's confusion, the truth is there's presence of lies, okay? Because it's truth versus lies. So if you're feeling confused, and you can't sort through what's God saying and what he's not. It's because the enemy is working like crazy to try to bring you into that place of confusion. But you need to get that truth because that truth is what you need so that you can decree it into those bones. Because you've got some bones. Here's what I've been called to. Y'all have been called to that too. But you also each have a unique and specific destiny. Every one of you. This isn't like, oh, Sarah's called to be a Nazarite. No. Okay, we're all, I think we're all called to be Nazarites. But what I'm saying is you each have a destiny from God that needs life breathed into it. Unless you all are like super already all your muscles are on and all the skin and all that, then awesome. You can preach next week. Please do because we need that inspiration. I'm serious. I really am because I know some of you really are like, that is so awesome. But some of us, I feel like the Spirit is saying, some of us here today are like, yes, I'm looking right here at my dry bones. Yep, they're right here. You need the truth. You need the truth. Because the only thing that's holding you back from those bones becoming flesh again is the truth and you decreeing it. Okay, that's what you need. And right now, some of you have had this swirling thing around you. You know what I'm talking about, the confusion thing. Like, well, is he saying this or is he saying that? Is he doing that? Okay. If that is you, I want you to be so bold and raise your hand right now to the Lord and we are going to decree over this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. I decree that this is an atmosphere where only your truth can permeate and exist. In the name of Jesus, I break off the lies of the enemy. I break off the things that he has tried to do to steal, 
and to kill and destroy. And I reverse that in the name of Jesus. I decree that only your life will spring forth. Only your truth will go forth. And you are depositing it into your people right now. I thank you that that is being deposited into hearts. And you are breaking off chains. You are breaking off confusion. I speak to confusion and I command it to go. In the name of Jesus. I command it every confusing thought to be broken. And I decree and declare clarity over your people right now. In the name of Jesus. And I decree strength that we would be a people who can pursue after your truth, not just here today, but tomorrow and the next day, that we will not relent, that we will continue to press in and we will not compromise. We will not go near those dead things, those things that are defiling. We will not go near that nonsense because we are the people of God. We are your children, Lord God. And you have paid the price, Lord Jesus, for every one of us to be free. Completely. A hundred percent free. Some of you are are 20% free. Some of you are 50% free. Some of you are 75. Some of you are 99% free. I don't want to be 99% free. He paid the price for a hundred percent. I want a hundred percent. That's the people of God. That's the army he's talking about. That is your portion. That is your destiny. And I don't want my destiny stolen. Do you? We are not going to be a people who have our destinies taken away and trampled on. He has called us for such a time as this. We have an important work to do in the earth. And it is a now time. It is a now time. So stand with me. And let's pray together and believe the Lord for the release of the words that we need. I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to the end, that your blood is so powerful that it has overcome every single lie. And I rebuke the enemy. You are a liar and the father of all lies, and you have no authority in our lives we release the authority that we have given you and we relinquish the vows that we've made. We relinquish the things that we have come into agreement with that were not of God and we break the power off of our lives in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare that we are the children of God and that the spirit of the living God is upon us to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captive and deliver the oppressed. In Jesus' name, and we will live out our destinies. And I thank you, God, that the work that you have begun in each and every one of us, you are faithful to complete it and you will carry it unto completion and your word will not remain void. It does not return void. You accomplish everything that you speak. So God, we take the prophetic words that we've received, even if we were 15 years old and now we're 40 or 60 or 80. We take those prophetic words and we say, yes, Lord, I believe. Hold up your hands. You've got those prophetic words. You know what he put in your heart. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. These bones will live. These bones will live. These bones will live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, 